Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Avoid profane, vain babblings, for they will advance to more ungodliness, and their word will spread like gangrene. That is 2 Timothy 2, verses 16 and 17, and this is the life study of 2 Timothy with Matt Miller and Dick Taylor. Dick, thanks for coming into the studio today. You're welcome, Brother Matt. It's good to be here, and we're here to stand together and with the Lord against gangrene. Amen, Dick. Dick, the spreading of gangrene may not be a topic that our listeners want to hang around for the next half hour and listen to, so can you give them a good reason why they should do that? Yeah, the reason we should stay tuned is because actually every single program brings us to God's economy, and the center of his economy is Christ as life. We need to see life. Otherwise, we will suffer a death from gangrene. In other words, there's no in-between. It's either we experience Christ, see Christ, and experience him as life for the fulfillment of his plan, or we get swallowed up by some kind of false teaching or misaiming related to the truth, which turns into gangrene, which eats us up and takes us away from God's economy, away from Christ, and we are of no profit to the Lord in his purpose. So we must see this matter of gangrene. Gangrene is the spreading of death. But why do we have this radio program? Why is there such a ministry as there is today? It's for the spreading of life. Dick, actually, the whole program is not on gangrene today. I'd like to read the verses, which is verse 17 and 18, related to our first section. And the next two sections are more positive, at least uh, from a different angle. But the subject of today's life study is the spread of the decline. And I'm going to read verses 17 and 18. Their word will spread like gangrene, of whom are Hymenaeus... And Philetus, who concerning the truth have misaimed, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and overthrow the faith of some. Let's join Witness Lee for Life Study Message number four from his original speaking in December 1980. Now, verse 16 begins with but. But you have to avoid profane, those secular, worldly, common, unholy talks, vain babblings, for they will advance to more ungodliness. We all know what is godliness. Now, something is going on among God's people, advancing into a certain situation which is altogether opposing godliness, opposing the manifestation of God in our daily life and in the church life. Then verse 17, and their word will spread as gangrene. Spread actually means what? Means fading, eating, a kind of gangrene 
that eats your flesh, that feeds on your flesh. Literally, it means will find a pasture, as in John 10:9. The word for pasture in Greek is the medical term for the consuming progress of a mortifying disease. This is picked up from Dean Alford's Greek New Testament. A kind of sore, S-O-R-E, which is mortifying your flesh into dead things. I tell you, Paul used such a strong word to describe those teachers of differing teachings. They are not only advancing into more ungodliness, they are spreading the dead into the body. They are eating up the meat of the body and making that part something dead. Our form are Hermenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth, not doctrine, not teaching, concerning the truth, they have misaimed. They have missed the mark, they have missed the goal, saying that the resurrection has already taken place. They don't believe in the eternal life. They don't believe in the power of resurrection of that eternal life. Dick Witnessley referred to a definition of gangrene from Dean Alford's Greek New Testament, that it's a consuming progress of a mortifying disease. We're constantly talking on this program about the New Testament focus on life and even how this commentary by Witness Lee is called the life study of the Bible. Now we see the Apostle Paul also focusing on the different teachings as an attack on life, like a disease. Mm -hmm. Practically, can you give our listeners some help on this important point? I would say, Matt, the biggest help I've had is since I've come under this ministry because I saw the teaching of God's economy revealed with Christ as the center in everything, and I've also seen the difference between God's economy and also what we call different teachings. And it takes us back to 1 Timothy 1.4, where Paul charged certain ones not to teach differently. Mm-hmm. You know, that unending genealogies, myths, and this type of thing rather than God's economy, which is in faith. And God's economy, in a simple way, is just the dispensing of Christ into his people for the building up of his body, which is called the house of God. We see in chapter 3 of 1 Timothy, the house of the living God. So the gangrene, which is a death-spreading thing, is just the opposite of the teaching of God's economy, which is the dispensing of Christ, which is life-spreading. And it results in godliness, whereas the gangrene in the other teachings promotes ungodliness. That's right, that's right, and worldliness. So the Lord does not have his testimony. So the main point here is that we would be people altogether focused on God's economy, which is the dispensing of Christ as life into us for the building up of his testimony. And I'd say one of the main things here is you can see in these verses, Matt, that you read, uh, one of the key things here is there was a misaiming even related to the resurrection. For example, if we don't see the truth of the resurrection, 
we will be greatly misaiming. Resurrection means everything. And in fact, if there's no resurrection, there's no economy of God. If there's no resurrection, there's no life. We have to say a million hallelujahs because Christ in resurrection not only swallowed up death, but he became a life-giving spirit so that he could get into us to be our life and transform us, build us up with others to be his house. We could be the house of the living God. So resurrection means a lot. Even the truth concerning resurrection means a lot. So if you don't teach the resurrection as an example in these verses, you surely will be spreading death because resurrection is the key to everything in God's economy. Without resurrection, we have no gospel. We have no faith. We have nothing. But we have to thank the Lord. Hallelujah. He's the resurrected one. And he's the life-giving spirit, and he's in us right now as the very life that swallows up all death. So the life studies focus on God's economy with the dispensing of Christ as life, whereas the different teachings focus on other things, not Christ as life. And they can spread like gangrene, like death, like a mortifying disease, eating you up before you know it, you're completely dead. Even you're a believer, but you're swallowed up by death because you have been found in different teachings rather than God's economy, which is just the dispensing of Christ as life and everything for his body. So may we be those who see the vision here, realize the different teachings are the gangrene. But the teaching we need to pay attention to is the central teaching of the whole Bible, God's economy, with Christ as the wonderful center, reality, and everything. Amen. Well, Dick, you said we need to say a million hallelujahs. We don't have time for that today, but I'll at least echo what you said and say, hallelujah for life in the Spirit. Amen. It's a song I know you like to sing. We won't sing it on the radio today, but uh, hallelujah for life in the Spirit. Amen. Dick, let's go on to verse 19 in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, However, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from unrighteousness. Amen. Here's Witness Lee. Then, verse 19. However, the firm foundation of God stands. What is this foundation? If you take care of the context of this chapter, the foundation here doesn't refer to Christ as the foundation of the church. Rather, it refers to the church as the foundation of the truth, as the base of the truth. This kind of understanding or interpretation is based upon the context. Three verses, verses 15, 18, and 25 of the same chapter, all talk something about the truth. Those three verses are a strong ground for us to understand the foundation here refers to the church. The firm foundation of God stands. Regardless what kind of heresy, what kind of a Gangrene is mortifying. A firm foundation stands. This is the church. So, in the genuine church, some who left had a deep expectation that when they left, 
the church will collapse. Eventually, not the church collapse, but they collapse. The church is built upon this firm foundation. If the church was founded upon something else, something other than the divine life, it might collapse already. But if such a building has the firm foundation of the truth, the more you touch it, the more you get hurt. But not it get hurt. Rather, you strengthen it. Rather, you will expose the firmness of this foundation. The genuine church is built upon something eternal, something divine. That is God's life with God's nature. Even the hell, the Hades, cannot conquer. This is unconquerable foundation. Because it is built on the indestructible and unconquerable eternal life. I think this is a very encouraging word and also a very sobering word that the church won't collapse under attack because Amen. it's the foundation. Mm. It's indestructible, it's a, it has an unconquerable life as its foundation. Mm-hmm. It stands firm. But we've seen so called churches, I say so-called churches, because Witness Lee made a reference to the genuine church, Mm -hmm. that seemingly have collapsed. How can we explain this? We can only explain this, Matt, by the fact that they did not have the firm foundation, which is the divine, unconquerable, indestructible, incorruptible life. I'd like to read an excerpt from one of the life studies about this matter. Many Christian teachers claim that the foundation here refers to Christ. That's what many of us think. It is true that in 1 Corinthians 3.11, Paul says that Christ is the unique foundation. Apart from him, we don't have any other foundation. Nevertheless, if we consider verse 19, according to the context of the chapter, we'll see the foundation here does not refer to Christ as the foundation of the church. Does not refer to Christ as the foundation of the church, but refers to the church as the foundation or base of the truth. I can give a personal testimony that I've gone through times when there were difficulties and even some were misaiming concerning the truth, but because I opened to the Lord, opened to various brothers, and stayed with the life studies, I was on a firm foundation that not only doesn't move, but it swallows up that other death. It swallows up the gangrene. So we we have to thank the Lord so much for the firm foundation of God. And apparently, this is Christ. Actually, it's the church. And I I like that because in 1 Timothy 3, Matt, it mentions that the church is the pillar and the base of the truth. Right. So that means this Christ, who is reality, who is life, has been worked into us to such a point that we become one with him to become the firm foundation of God. The church is firm because the people have been contacting, enjoying, saturated, and permeated with the reality which is Christ, who is the divine life, which is incorruptible and unconquerable. So again, I just appreciate that we are in this life study. The more you stay with the life study, even you enjoy the recovery version of the Bible with the footnotes, you'll be brought to Christ as life 
This one alone is the immovable foundation. May he be constituted into us to make us the church, the pillar and base of the truth, which is immovable. Really healthy teachings. Amen. Let's go on to verses 20 and 21 from 2 Timothy chapter 2. But in a great house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also wooden and earthen. And some are unto honor and some unto dishonor. If therefore anyone cleanses himself from these, he will be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared unto every good work. Amen. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Now we go on to uh, verse 20. But in a great house. Oh, as a Bible reader, sometimes a Bible teacher, I got bothered by this term, great house. What is this? In a great house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also wooden and earthen, and some unto honor and some unto dishonor. What is this great house? Do you believe the great house here referred to that house? The house of the living God in chapter 3 of the first book. Is this great house that house of the living God? Surely no. Because that house of the living God is the great mystery of Godness and it's also God manifested in the flesh. How could you have something in that house unto dishonor? So I realized, no doubt, this is Christendom. Christendom is really a great house. This great house just equals the abnormal big tree in Matthew 13. So, the genuine church today is the house of the living God. And the abnormal Christianity is the great house. First Timothy 3 talks about the genuine church, which is the house of the living God. And 2 Timothy 2 talks about the abnormal Christianity, which is the so-called Christendom. And this is the great house. So, in the genuine church, there are only gold, silver vessels. But, in the great house, also some wooden and earthen vessels. I have no doubt Hermenus and Philetus, they are this kind of vessels unto dishonor. And Timothy and Titus are the vessels of gold and silver unto honor. Dick Witnessley uses this term abnormal Christianity Mm -hmm. in relation to the big house in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure there's no misunderstanding with our listeners. So can you develop this a little bit more before we conclude today's program? Well, I like this uh, matter of the great house also being connected with Matthew 13, the big tree. And in the big tree, many birds lodge in the tree, indicating, if you see the truth of the whole word, that 
it means that it's improper. Something is wrong because not only are the believers there, but the unbelievers are there. And that means not only vessels unto honor, which are gold and silver. We have God's divine nature signified by gold, and we are redeemed by Christ, signified by silver, and are regenerated by him. But also dishonorable vessels, which are just uh, wooden and are not regenerated, do not know the Lord. Well, this is an improper house. The proper house is 1 Timothy 3, which is called the house of the living God. The house of the living God surely does not have two kinds of vessels, but something called a great house does, or the big tree does. So this is the abnormal Christianity that you're referring to, Matt. It means that, and Brother Lee also used the word Christendom, it means that Many people can use the word Christ or Christian, but add many other things to it. Make it very, very abnormal. Make it very, very great. So we want to be those who are very clear that we want to be the house of the living God, not the great house, not the big house, not the great big tree with all the birds lodging in it. But we want to be the house of the living God filled uniquely with gold and silver vessels. So we want to be those who, what, flee all of these things. And the verse here, it says, If anyone cleanses himself from these, he'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared unto every good work. So we not only want to take care of dealing with unrighteousness, we also want to cleanse ourselves from being a mixture uh, with uh, dishonorable vessels. That doesn't mean we don't love people to get saved. We do. We want everybody to be saved. But the church is not a combination of saved and unsaved, not a combination of honorable vessels and dishonorable vessels. So that's why we need to be very clear on the teaching of God's economy with the dispensing of Christ as life so that everybody, the church is composed of so many people who, because of receiving Christ by calling on his name, oh, Lord Jesus, have been joined to him in their spirit. There's an organic union with the Lord in life. And also they have a life within them that enables them to withstand so many negative things. That's the house of the living God. The house of the living God is the house where God himself in Christ is living in the believers. He is their life. He's one with them. They're one with him. He knows those who are his. And all those who name the name of the Lord depart from unrighteousness. That's verse 19 again. So this is the house of the living God. The house of the living God is those who enjoy the living God, which is Christ himself as the life-giving spirit in us. And we are absolutely one with him. And we're able by this life within us to depart from unrighteousness and to cleanse ourselves from any dishonorable vessels. So the focus here is God's economy with the dispensing of Christ as life. This produces the house of the living God for the Lord's testimony. May we not be a mixture. May we see what's abnormal. Repent and come back to Christ alone as the wonderful life-giving spirit so we could be the house of the living God. Well, Dick, we started out with gangrene, and we ended up with the house of the living God. Amen. Appreciate you coming into the studio today. Amen, my brother. Well, we appreciate you also joining us for this program, and hope you'll come back again tomorrow as we continue with the life study from Second Timothy, message number five. 
That'll be 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. If you'd like to get printed copies of the messages to follow with us, I think it's a big help for you. You can call us at 888-543-3788, or an easy way to remember is 888-LIFE-STUDY, or you can send email to radio at lsm.org, or send mail to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. On behalf of Dick Taylor, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164. That's 1-800-549-5164.